today the topic is identity, and I think identity is a really important, uh, probably now more than ever, it's an important topic to flesh out, is, is like our identity, our identity in Christ. And so this is what the Word of God says about who you are and whose you are. Yeah? All right, let's go with the first scripture. Thank you, Mike. If that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone and the new is here. Do you feel new? Do you feel fresh? It's like, no, Pastor Josh, I'm feeling kind of old right now. No, you can, still, you can still step into the newness of God. You are a new creation. You, that, that's your identity. All right, let's go to the next one. But you are a chosen people. We're grafted into the, into the family of God. You might not be Jewish, but you are chosen. Amen? You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. He, he finds you special. He finds you precious. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. This is how He sees you. This is how He sees your identity. Let's go to the next one. I no longer call you servants. Uh, specifically slaves is the, the actual translation. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. You know that you have the, the opportunity to know God's business? Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. So God considers you a friend. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's an identity. That's a biblical identity. Let's go to the next one. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now that is a powerful identity. That you are a, you're a child of God. And then, do I have another one or is that it? The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirits that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are also His heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. This is one of the most baffling scriptures that I have wrestled with, that He considers us co-heirs with Christ. Where does, where does Jesus sit as an heir? He sits at the right hand of the Father. He's, on, he's king, and he, and he considers us co-heirs, meaning princesses and princesses, prince and princesses, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. So this is, that's, a, that's a powerful declaration of our identity. Like a, a royal priesthood, that's who we are. This is biblical sound doctrine. This is how God wants us to be. And yet, we struggle, probably now more than ever, we, our, our culture, our society, our families, ourselves, we struggle with this whole concept of identity. Like, we, we're lost. We, as a culture, as a society, we just don't know who we are anymore. It is, it is a, it's a full-blown crisis. We have an identity crisis. And when you don't know who you are, and God doesn't know who you are, well, I mean, that, that's, if you're frustrated, you need to explore this in your own spiritual walk. If you're frustrated with your life, if you're frustrated with, um, with failures, if you're frustrated with tension, if you're frustrated with your direction and purpose and all of these things, if there's a, a huge amount of frustration, I want to encourage you just to, okay, is there something wrong with my identity? Am, am I viewing myself in the wrong light? Am I viewing myself in, inside of my optics instead of God's optics? A 
few weeks ago, um, all right, I'm going to nerd out on you. Um, a few weeks ago, more months ago, when Ahsoka came out on the, on the Disney channel, I'm like, oh, man, we kind of need to watch that. And um, Sophia wanted to watch it. Mako wanted to watch it. I wanted to watch it. But we hadn't logged on to the Disney Channel in a very long time. And we, wanted, we needed to watch it on a TV that we've never watched the Disney Channel on before. And so I'm not exaggerating. I know that pastors are prone to exaggeration. But we probably spent an easy hour trying to figure out what our logon was for the Disney Channel because it didn't recognize the TV that we were trying to log on to. And it was absolutely maddening. It's like, okay, what's my username? I think my username is this, you know, Josh Caps. And that, well, and then I put in this password, Big Boy 2000. That didn't work. <laughs> and. Uh, um, <laughs> And it's like, okay, so, and then it says, well, we don't recognize your username. What's your email? So I put in my email, and that bounced back. That didn't happen. Okay, so maybe it's not my work email. Maybe it's my personal email. I put that in. That didn't work. And then I went through all these other passwords. That didn't work. That, uh, Mako, is it possibly on, is this an account on your email? And so we go through Mako's, all of her email accounts, all of her passwords, all of her IDs, and then eventually we get this bounce back that says that, your ID, your identification, your identity cannot be verified. And then it logs us out, and it times us out. and says, you have been blocked. You, you can't make any more requests. And we were losing it, right? Have you ever had this happen to you where you, get, you, you, you entered your password way too many times trying to guess which one it was, and then it locks you out of your entire account? Like, that's, and if you're anything like me, how many accounts do you have? How many subscriptions are you signed up for? How many memberships do you have? Okay, so I did a little bit of, I did a little bit of uh, research into this, into my own personal life. Let's see. Where'd it go? Oh, come on now. Come on now. Don't do this to me. I had I, my whole outline on this dumb thing. And... <laughs> And I didn't forget my password for it. It blocked me out. <laughs> AI's listening, man. Messing up my sermon. I know. I, that's what gets me in trouble. You did, do you hear what John said? Make it up. You can exaggerate. That's what got me in trouble last week. I need to make some clarifications. Sometimes I use a little bit of hyperbole and contrast. And just so everybody knows from last week's message, it was an illustration. I was using it as an illustration that certain things should not be broadcasted on certain platforms or pulpits or in public spaces. And so just for clarification, it was a joke. It was a point of an illustration. Uh, Pastor Michael Jones does not have an embarrassing rash. Right. Uh, Pastor Janie Shogren uh, does not have a gambling problem. And she has never stolen money from the church. That was a joke. I made that up. No, I'm being serious. People thought I was being real about that. I know. People thought I was being serious. It's all, it was all made up. Um, what else did I say last week that was... Oh, uh, Sarah does not smoke after church, by the way, in the parking lot. That's a joke. Mandy... It, Mandy is awesome, but she's also a Taylor Swift fan. She's an official Swifty, but she does not have a bobblehead addiction. So that's true. I don't remember saying that. Supposedly I said that I had a relationship with Susie. Every, oh, my gosh, is my wife here? My, my wife's name, her real name is Suzette. So I know. 
Don't, don't call her Susie, we'll be in big trouble. <laughs> I am, don't. Oh, I found it. Okay, here we go. All right, so these are just some of the things that I, I need to have an identity to log into. I have a bank account. I have a couple of credit cards accounts. They have user IDs and logins. I have two email accounts. Actually, three email accounts. I have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which is now X, LinkedIn. We have three church management software programs that we work with that we have to have login identity with anything. There's HBO, Netflix, Disney. Um, all of my utility bills are all online. The mortgage, uh, our insurance company. I have a health insurance portal that I need to log in and identity with, right? YouTube, Patreon, and, and there, there's a lot more. And, and then I'll just top it off with MySpace. <laughs> if, if you're not laughing, you're too young. Oh, there's AOL, too. Do you still have your AOL account? You got rid of it finally? Oh, man. So when I couldn't log on to my account because my identity wasn't verified, it was a sad day because we, we needed to watch Ahsoka. I need... Oh, that scares the... That scares me half to death. <laughs> Facial identity. We got our deep fakes can fake that now. We're in a we're in a cultural crisis of identity, and it's not just our our logins and our online profiles. We don't we don't know who we are as, as a church these days, and we don't know who we are as individuals. Now, most of us are probably pretty secure in our identity, but it is a knockdown, drag-out, spiritual war for the identity of our children, the, the children in our society. Um, I tried looking up all the different uh, gender pronouns last night. There's a... Uh, there's, they can't... They can't even decide how many there are. And they, and they keep on making them up over and over and over again. And, you know, there was a time when, you know, there was confusion about your sexual identity. Uh, I'm a boy that wants to be a girl. I'm a girl that wants to be a boy. I'm a boy that likes boys. I'm a, I'm a girl that likes girls. And that was kind of pretty much it. And now it's just so multifaceted and... And then the, the pronoun thing is so bizarre because you got he, she, right? And then there's Z's and Zers and like all these different, I, I should have brought, I should have showed you, but it's so, so bizarre. And you can literally make up your own pronoun. You can make up your own identity. And I'm not quite sure where we got to this point. And they're all, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. They're all a little extreme, it feels like, to us. They're all a little excessive, and they're, they're maybe a little bit alarming that we would even go down this path as a society. The one that, that concerns me, they all concern me, but one that really concerns me is the identification as they, them. Okay, so they, them, meaning that uh, you can be a, a boy this moment. You can be a girl this moment. You could be a, a, it is, a ziz, a, a whatever. You can be all these different things. Um, you can identify as an animal. You can identify as a robot. You can identify as an alien. And I'm not just making this up. This is real stuff. It's not for joke. I mean, we're doing this. People do this. And the, the they, them category says, okay, well, I'm not comfortable being just one person. I want to be multiple people. 
Um, wasn't too long ago, we used to call that multiple personality disorder. Um, if you have ever worked in the area of mental health, and if you've ever had to deal with somebody struggling with schizophrenia, it's terrifying. It's, it's, they're, they're, it's not a healthy place. And one of the things that I think that's so, uh, as, you know, from a societal point of view, one of the things that is so disturbing about the, the they-them identification is that we are literally encouraging a disorder, multiple personality disorder. And we are encouraging, we could easily feed into somebody's um, multiple personalities, we can feed into their schizophrenia. We're, we're literally telling society that schizophrenia is acceptable instead of it being an illness. It's a very dangerous situation, societally speaking. Spiritually speaking, you ready for this? Hang on to your seats. You begin to say, I'm a the, them, I'm, I'm multiple people. I have, ready? I have multiple doors opened up into the, the, the confines of my soul. You know, what, you know what happens when you open up multiple doors into the chambers of your heart? Well, from a, per, a spiritual perspective, you invite spiritual beings, evil ones. We call them demons. And so that, from a, from a spiritual perspective, this is why it's spiritual warfare. The Word of God says is that we're children of God. And we're, we're not all of these things. We've been created to be your own unique person. It, it does, okay, I do have a compassion for people that don't know who they are and that are confused. Like we always, as believers, as Christians, like we have to have compassion for this. At the same time, we need to be able to, to call it out and to what, like, this is not healthy. It's not good. I know, I know that it's coming from a good place because, you know, we, we, want, we want inclusivity. We want to we wanna make people feel comfortable in their own skin. Like, we want this. Like, like that's a good impulse. That's what our society does get right is that we, wanna, we want people to feel safe inside of their own skin. But I'm just telling you, Jesus has a better way instead of, a, instead of this confusing way. Because if you think that we have a mental health problem right now, wait until these seeds come into fruition. And, and it's already happening. People are they're, they're regretting their transitions. They're regretting their medical decisions. And, and, and it's a hard place. We have literally taken this compassion to help people feel comfortable under their own skin. We've taken it into a very hard extreme. Not only is there issues with uh, gender identity, but even in, in what we're attracted to. So if boys aren't good enough and girls aren't good enough, then, then maybe furries will work for you. It's a thing. It's a huge thing in Germany. Like, there's full-on furry communities. And they get married. So, like, dressed up as a wolf and as a little badger, and they have ceremonies, and they get married. Because that's, that's what they think that their true selves are. They, they view themselves, their true identity, as a stuffed animal. It's a real thing. I read recently that there was a woman who married a commercial jumbo jet airliner. Like, she legally married a jumbo jet. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. It's not for joke factor. This is real. She marries a jumbo jet. And her previous relationship was an industrial tractor that she had an affair on. And, and why is this identity crisis so important? It's because, listen to me, it's because that, that gal, and let's have compassion on her, why would she want to fall in love with a jumbo jet? She is literally turning to something that cannot give her what she wants or needs. What she wants and needs is love 
And what she wants and needs is acceptance and identity. And the jumbo jet can't give it to her. If you've been around, you know that, um, obviously, I love church. I love worship. I love being in the presence of God with you, the body of Christ. But one of the ways that I connect with God, and you connect with God all on, you know, God made us as unique individuals. We all connect with God on different levels. One of the ways that I connect with God the best is through nature. You know this about me. I go, I go up into the mountains, or I go out into the fields, I go into the ocean, and I just listen. This is where I listen to God. This is, where I, this is where I hear His voice. Of course, I hear God's voice when I read the Word of God. It's pretty black and white, literally. The Word of God is your objective truth. Um, but if I need some counsel about something very specific that is going on in my life, and if I need to hear God's voice, I need to clear the clutter out, I take the Word of God with me into the wilderness, and I listen to God. And this is where I hear His voice. One day I was on this hike up in Mount Baldy. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I am miles away from any human soul. And I see this tree. I see this really amazing, majestic tree. I'm like, man, that's gorgeous. Wow, God, good job. Good job on that tree. That's a fine-looking tree. I think I'm going to go hug that tree. There's nobody around. No one's going to see. No one will know. Cora's going to know, but she doesn't speak English. She can understand English, but she can't speak English. She's not going to tell anyone. I'm going to go hug that tree. No one's going to see. I go up, and I, and I, I hug this tree. I give this tree this big embrace. And the tree, the tree responded. The tree's like, ah. This is kind of awkward. I don't, feel, I don't feel comfortable with this right now. Ah, don't, please don't hug me. I'm a tree. The tree, was, the tree was made for God's glory. The tree was made to put oxygen into the air. The tree was made to give a home for squirrels. A refuge for that life-threatening instance when my dog chased him up that tree. That's, that's, the, that's the purpose of the tree. The tree was not created to love me back. That's not the tree's identity. And nor is it my identity to find fulfillment in something that wasn't created to love me back in that way. Those are some extreme examples, right? That's, that's, a, that's a, you know, falling in love with the, with the jumbo jet, that's an extreme, very rare example, and it's a, it's a condition. It's like a medical thing. Like this poor gal, she can't help herself. She literally loves machines. So maybe we can't identify or relate to something that extreme because it's unusual. But this crisis of identity applies to us too. Even if you are a straight, hetero, you know, Anglo-Saxon male or whatever, this, this identity issue, we have, to, we have to call it into question. We have to make sure that our identity is, is situated in the right places. Because we can find identity in, in loving a tree or loving a jumbo jet liner or trying to figure out who we are and making up things about who we are. Like we can do this, but we also do it in other ways. We find our identity in people. We find our identity in institutions. We find our, our identity in governmental expressions. We find our identity in things that God had never created to fulfill us.
it is dangerous to find your okay you ready it's going to be tough for a lot of dudes it's dangerous to find your identity in your career you need to, you guys need to work like this is what you do what you do is what you do but what you do is not who you are People that find their complete identity in what they do, in their career, in their path, um, like, frankly, they're, they're headed for heartbreak because your career will break your heart. You are looking for your career to fulfill something that only God can fulfill. So your identity is all jacked up. You are not your job. Your job is what you do. Yeah? This is why when the stock market falls down and hits bottom, stockbrokers jump out of buildings because their whole identity was wrapped up into this stock market thing. Their whole identity was wrapped up into um, materialism and, and the extreme of capitalism. And when that whole thing falls apart, they fall down. Their, their whole identity is completely shattered. Do you want to be like that? When you, when, if you lose your job, are you, you going to lose your identity when you lose your job? The way things are going these days, you just might lose your job. You want another one that's equally hard? That's like putting your, you know, your, your identity into what you do. Have you, ever, have you ever put your identity, your value, uh, based off of another individual? This one's tricky. You thought that the work one was tricky. Wait until you hear this one. If your identity is completely wrapped up into another person, like let's just go, remember the Jerry Maguire movie, the Tom Cruise thing? What was the, what was the huge dysfunction in that most famous saying? Is Jerry Maguire turns to uh, Renee Zellweger before she was, you know, a star. And he says, you complete me, Right? So he's, he's, his identity is locked up into who she is and that relationship that they have. His completeness, he is declaring, he is stating, is into this one individual. This one individual completes him. All right, married folks, did you know that that applies to you too? I know that is really hard to, to think about because the Word of God says that, uh, that a, husband will leave, a husband will leave his mother and father and he will be united to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And so in the context of, of marriage, we are to walk as one flesh. But, you ready? Your identity is not seated in your marriage. Your identity is seated in the one who has created you and the one that validates you and the one that loves you. Sometimes... Sometimes one of the things that we really struggle with in, in marriage is that, that we are turning to our spouse for things that only the Lord can give, that can give us. Sometimes we put expectations and demands upon people that are around us, and we expect them to fulfill those expectations when, when in fact, it's only the Lord that can fulfill those expectations. Yes, you should receive love and affection and respect in the context of marriage. But that is not your ultimate source of love. Once, our, once we decide that our spouse is the only source of love that we will receive, we have made an idol of our spouse. We are children of God. That is our identity. We're co-heirs with Christ. We are a new creation created for His glory. And anything other than that is subpar. So, um, what's your relationship like with your spouse? Yes, it should be a one flesh expression. You guys need to be in tandem. You guys need to think like each other. You need to act like each other. You need to be on the same page. I'm not saying that you agree wholeheartedly on everything that you do in your, in your marriage. 
And if you did, you'd be perfect like my marriage. (laughs) But you can't turn to your spouse to meet needs that only God can meet. Likewise, this one you see a lot, specifically in the, um, uh, the American sports culture, is that, oh man, let's just go for it, yeah? Some, some folks live vicariously through their own children. And their identity is completely wrapped up into how their children perform on the field, in the classroom, at university, in their careers. They have lost the parent. When the parent loses connection of who they are in light of what their offspring are doing, then they are expecting to receive validation from a person, from a source, from, a, from an expectation that, that cannot give it back. Your, your kids can't, your kids' achievements will never be your achievements. They are, I mean, I know that we, we pass on a heritage. I know that we set them up for, for, for success. We set them up for um, prosperity. We want the best for our kids. But your validation isn't dependent upon your kid's success. Man, could you imagine if God's validation, if his identity was based upon his children's success? God doesn't need us to be successful and faithful in order for him to be secure, in order for him to be God. His fulfillment is not reliant upon our prayer life. His fulfillment is not reliant upon our church attendance or how much we give. No, God's good. Like, he's got it. He's completely secure. And I just want to encourage our parents. Like, I want to encourage you to be completely secure in who you are in relation to God and in relation to your kids. Like, they, they need that. You know what your kids need? Uh, they don't need you to continue to um, drive them to be better athletes or to drive them to be better academics, to, be, to drive them to be better you know, model citizens. They, they, don't, they don't need you cracking the whip on them. What they need is to see your confidence in the Lord and that your identity is completely secure outside of their lives. Quit living vicariously through your children. Live powerfully through God. And then your kids will notice that. Your kids will see that. Here's another thing that we can do with our kids. Because again, more so than ever, our kids are struggling with this whole concept of identity, right? They don't know, they don't know what sexual orientation they are anymore. They're very susceptible. We know that um, um, Maturity and age has gone down, so I don't know. I'm not making this up. I don't have the stats. I should have given you stats on this. But like 12-year-olds are acting like 10-year-olds, maturity-wise. And so they just, they just don't know. And we're telling them all these different things. We're like, well, you can be this, you can be that, and we want, we want you to be free to be who you are. Okay. My friends... You need to tell your kids who they are in Christ. They need to know that you know that they are Jesus's. Those scriptures that we read, you need to read those over your kids. You need to read them to your kids. You are a child of God. That's who you are. I just don't know who I am anymore. I don't know if I'm going to go into the heavy metal scene or the punk scene. That was my problem back in the day because I liked both. Do I want to be a heavy metal guy or do I want to be a punk guy? Do I want, or new Wave's kind of cool. Maybe I'll be New Wave. Like, like I remember, you know, every young person struggles with what clique they want to fall into, what tribe they want to join. Are they going to be a jock? Are they going to be this? Are they going to be that? You know, are they going to be a preppy? I'm dating myself, aren't I? I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what, I don't know what the terms are these days.
you need to tell your kids that they're children of God. And then you need to say to them, I know who you are, and God knows who you are. And if you just scratch the surface just a little bit, you're going to know who you are too. My parents told me once, oh, yeah, you know who you are. And I'm like, I do? You see, that it was a life-giving word that I've never forgotten about. Like, even when I was trying to figure out what bands I liked or what clique I wanted to fall into, I remember that. No, Josh, you know who you are. I didn't realize I didn't know who I was. I'm like, I do? I know who I am? I know whose I am? I have power inside of this. That's Jesus. Okay. Now. This is a leadership series. You need to know who you are inside the context of leadership. Spiritual growth and maturity, becoming more and more like Christ, requires three major categories. Maybe you want want to write these down. Identity, authority, and power. Hmm? We'll go backwards. This is a a Bible-believing church. Um... I like to say that our identity is based on Jesus, right? I think it's even fair for us to say that we are Christians. Because the definition of Christian in the Old Testament or the New Testament is little Christ. Little identities. We're little Jesuses. We're walking around trying to think like Jesus would think, trying to act like Jesus would think, trying to speak like Jesus would think, and trying to do what Jesus would do. I like that part a lot. I want to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He cast out evil spirits. He raised the dead. I want to do that. That requires the power of God. Amen? These are the things that I love. I love the power of God. But did you know that it is illegal to access the power of God without understanding the authority of God? And what's the authority of God? It's, it's your Bible. It tells you, like, like, this is what you have the authority to do. You have, if you're in God's Word, if you're a part of the body of Christ, then you have the authority to carry out the power of God. And many of us try to seek the power without understanding the authority. But then there's the identity. If your identity is not in Christ, you're never going to understand the authority and you'll never have access to power. So that is the first step. Um, this isn't my illustration. I'm ripping it off, and whoever I ripped it off from ripped it off from somebody else. But the illustration is this, is that the kingdom of God and the issues of expressing the things that Jesus would do is power and authority, or authority and power. So think of a police officer who has the badge, which represents his authority. It's his legal authority. It is, it's, it's the word of God, it's the law of grace, it's all of these things that are in the book that, 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 that represents that the police officer has the legal authority to carry out the things that he needs to carry out. If he didn't have the legal authority, then he would just be a thug, right? So he's got the badge. So we all need to have the badge. And once we get the badge, then we have the authority to wield the power to have the gun, yeah? The badge is the authority. The gun is the power. But what happens if you don't even realize that you're a cop? What if you got your identity all screwed up? You're supposed to be a cop, but you're not sure if you're a cop. You're not sure if you're a vigilante. You're not sure if you're a freedom fighter. You're not sure, you know, if you're a a terrorist. You don't know what you are. 
And if you don't know what you are and you try to step into the authority and into the power of God, like not only will there be a disaster, not only will there be confusion, not only will there be heartbreak, like you're just, you're just going to be lost and lost as a believer. And, and none of us want that, right? So spiritual growth and maturity, first off, it goes right back into this area of identity. I think the identity of being a Christian is appropriate. Being, if you don't like that term, follower of Christ. Imitating Jesus is just as good. Frankly, I don't even like the term evangelical. I consider myself, I, okay, I, I define myself as a charismatic pastor. Like that, that kind of defines what I do and who I am and my philosophy, how I think, right? But my identity is not in being a charismatic pastor. That's not my identity. My identity is being a Christian, a Christ follower. That's my identity. Way too often inside of, well, we've got identity politics, right? Either you're this or you're that, and if you're not, we're enemies. So there's identity politics. There's also identity uh, religious expression. One of my pet, fe- pet peeves is um, whenever I meet another fellow brother and sister in Christ, and we get this type of response. Um, so are you a, are you a Bible-believing Christian? Uh, I think so. Are you, a, are you one of those born-again Christians? You've got to be careful how you answer that. That could, that could either be what they want to hear or not what they want to hear. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a born-again Christian. Are you a spirit-filled Christian? Uh, sure. I, I've, been, I've been filled with the Spirit. And so inside of church life, there are all these specific identities that so we're, we're just human, right? Even Christians are human. We come up with all these specific identities that we think that we ought to be, when in fact there's only one identity, and that's being a follower of Jesus Christ. All the other things are what we've been called and led to do, but even what we have been led to do is not who we are. Um, you will never be a faith healer. That will never be your identity. If you view your identity as a faith healer, if you view your identity as a prophet, then, then, then you're deceiving yourself. You are a follower of Christ who does the things of Christ. That's your identity. Be wary of preachers, teachers who label themselves as being a specific thing. I know that there's offices. I know these things. I know that there's the fivefold ministry and all of this. But once that becomes our identity, it becomes a dangerous thing. I am a pastor. That's what I do. That's not who I am. I am a child of God. And not only would it be unhealthy, it would be illegal to expect my ministry ministering to you to give me the things that I think that I need. Validation, love, respect, encouragement. This is an amazing church. This is the body of Christ, and she is strong, and she is powerful. But I cannot rely upon the church to meet the needs that only God can meet. And so... Did you know that you're all called into ministry? Every single one of you, you've got a call upon your life. God's got something very specific for you to do. If you don't do it, it won't get done. You've got to step into your leadership. You've got to step into what God's called you to do. But know your source. Always know your source. Once you think that your ministry is like, oh my gosh, I did this. I did this. I finally found my identity in, in the context of ministry. Oh, you've already deceived yourself. That's not where your validation comes from. Love comes from God only. All right, let me, 
I think I'm going to circle all the way back around to what I opened up with on um, verifying your identity. You know that sometimes we need to do this again. We need to check our user IDs, and we need to check our passwords, we need to check our email login. Like We need to verify our identity, and that's what I'm asking you to, to do right now. You need to verify your identity. Do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? Do you know where you stand with the Lord? You've got your Bibles. I'm going to close with this scripture. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter in the kingdom of heaven. Uh-oh. Everybody, that's Bible Gateway. And that voice is Max McLaren. So whenever I want to hear from the Lord, I listen to the Bible with the Max McLaren voice. Okay, here we go. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on what? And who's the rock? So let's verify our information. You know, you need to, maybe you just need to log back in. Maybe you need to remember where your passwords is. Because, you know, if, if Disney is saying to me, um, I don't know who you are. I can't verify your information. Wait, what are you talking about, Disney? I'm a big fanboy. I love Disney. I've been to Disneyland. I did the Disney on Ice thing once. That's got to count for something. I went to Disneyland when it was packed out and you couldn't even get down anything. I, w- I went to Disneyland when we had the e-tickets, the ticket books. That's how far back I go with you, Disney. But now Disney is saying, ah, I don't know who you are. You don't even know your own login anymore. I don't know who you are. I don't recognize you. I haven't seen you in a while. You don't, you don't plug in anymore. Like, you don't want to... Do you, see, do you see the illustration here? Please tell me you get it. Please tell me you get this. Like, I, I'm going to encourage you to verify your account with the Lord. Does He know you? You might think you know Him, but does He know you? Like, well, I'm a believer. I believe. Okay, what, what did we just read? Believers not only believe, that's actually not even the right definition of a believer. Did you know that? That's just knowledge. Well, I don't get knowing with confused with believing. Just because you think that you know things about God, you know God, and you know the Word of God, whatever, you think you know it, that doesn't mean that you believe it. In order to believe it, you have to do it. You've got to do it if you believe it. And your identity has to be completely locked up into who Jesus is. Because he is your life. He is the new creation. He calls us to be sons and daughters of God. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get the band up up front. I'm done.
All right, back to furries. Um, like, like, again, it's weird. Like these, they, they dress up as furries, and then they get married. And inside of the wedding industry, I know something about this. I do a lot of weddings. Inside of the wedding industry, what's really popular right now are themed weddings. And I'm kind of okay. I mean, I'll do a little bit of theme here and there, you know? I like colors and, you know, one time this couple uh, made these little action figures for each other and they exchanged them as their unity ceremony. That was sweet. I like that. But when the couple asked me to dress up like Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm like, no, we've gone too far. This is a holy sacrament here. Marriage is a holy and sacred union. Although I really want to dress up like Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what my flesh desires. I cannot do that. Because I know. I know who I am. And I'm not Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you ought to know who you are. And I hope you know that you know who you are today. As a child of God. And that your identity is completely secure. Will you receive that blessing today? Amen. Will you receive it? Tell your kids who they are too. You've got to tell them. You've got to drive it into them. Their kids need to know who they are. If you don't tell your kids who they are, uh, the world and the devil will. Why don't you grab your elements? This is the body of Christ, which, in fact, is your identity. This is who you are. You are a part of this very special unity called the church. I think the church is beautiful, a beautiful bride. You might have a different interpretation or impression of the church. But I'm going to choose to see the church the way that Jesus sees the church, as a spotless and pure bride. The body of Christ can be anything you want it to be. But the truth is, the body of Christ was nailed on the cross so that we could become new, a new creation. I need to become new today. I'm sure you do too. I need, uh, I need this body of Christ inside of me so that my brain will think a certain way and my body will be healed and the things that I pray for, the things that I require, the things that I request that it gets put into inside of the confines of the will of God. And the only way that I know that I have a healthy prayer life, the only way that I know that I can truly hear from God in the midst of nature is as if I'm wholeheartedly connected to the body of Christ, which is you. I want to encourage you to receive the body of Christ for your provision, for your direction, for your guidance, the body of Christ is your identity today. So, if you ever uh, fashioned yourself to be something that God hasn't meant you to be, if you ever envisioned yourself to be what you wanted you to be and not what God wanted you to be. Um, we have a word for that. It's called sin. Whenever we try to be something that God hasn't called us to be, whenever we decide to be God over our own lives, we sin. It's called pride. It's the very basic sin of sins. And inside of this cup makes everything right and washes away that sin. The blood of Christ running through our veins gives us a proper 
perception of who we are, and it gives us proper identity. It makes us new. I want to become new today. Would you join me? Receive the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the newness of life. Amen. And if I could ask the ushers to come to the front. All right, I'm going to be frank. We need your money. I hate to ask for money, but we got bills to pay that we can't pay. And I just ask you, if, uh, if you have the financial position to be generous, please be generous. If you have the financial position to be obedient to the tithe, be obedient to the tithe. If you can't, you need to hear me. If you're struggling financially, if you can't put gas in the car, um, let the church minister to you. Like, just, it, it doesn't work that way. You can't just put money in and, like, God, there is a, there is a law, there is a, there is a harvest rule, um, but you can't give out of impulsion. And so if you're hurting, don't give me your last dollar in order to make it. Like, God will make a way. He will meet your need. But I, I, I can't do um, manipulation and guilt and shame in order to pay the church's bills. Uh, that's the responsibility of people that have been blessed by God. So, do you pass the baskets as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless this offering to its fullest extent so that we can meet the needs, the financial needs of this church, so that we can make payroll, frankly. I pray right now that as we continue to move forward and as we continue to reach out into our community, I pray that that the world will see a healthy church that knows who they are and whose they are. A church that's submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I thank you so much for all of our leaders and our pastors who walk with strength and integrity. And I pray that you bless this church richly. Again, we pray for the nation of Israel. Protect her. We pray for our ministry in Tanzania. Bless our orphans. We, We pray for the ministry of comfort that our church does so well as we bury loved ones. We pray, Father for more authority given to you by your word. And we pray for more power. So give us the character to access that power through identity and character. We love you, Lord. God bless you as you give back to the God. Old things have passed away. Your love has stayed.
Harry pick songs that match the message. I didn't tell him to play that. May the God of peace, God himself, sanctify you through and through. May your whole body, your soul, and your spirit, may they become blameless until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who has called you has an identity for you, and he wants to know you. If you want to be known by God and you've never been met and known by God before, today is the day to step into eternity. I encourage you to make that decision in your heart and then come and talk to me and declare with your mouth the decision that you've made. My friends, go in your identity as sons and daughters of God. That is your source. Go in the power and the authority of God. May God bless you richly this week. Amen.